Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can better develop products that your customers love. This episode is sponsored by the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. That's the RPM experience. This is the fastest way for product VPs and other leaders in products to really help everyone that's contributing to product to get on the same page, to increase their performance together. It's unlike other training, it's really an experience that helps the team understand how to deliver on strategic objectives and do that better together. To find out more about that, go to productmasterynow.com slash RPM and see if it can help you and your team as well. Now, for the last 36 years, each year the Outstanding Corporate Innovator Award is provided by PDMA, that's the Product Development and Management Association. It's really the organization that helped me learn what product management is all about. And what they do is they recognize those that excel in innovation. And at the time of this recording, the last winner was Hershey, and I was at their award ceremony. And fittingly enough, there were boxes of Hershey's chocolate treats for everyone to enjoy. It was really a great ceremony. Now, we're going to learn what made Hershey an outstanding innovator and gain insights that might help you and your organization as well. With us is Charlie Chapel. He's the VP of Innovation and R&D at Hershey. And also Greg Kotikia. He is the CEO of Sofian. Also, listeners, we always prepare a written summary of everything we discuss, along with a one-page action guide to help you put into place immediately some key takeaways that we'll share. If you want those resources, simply go to productmasterynow.com slash 435. Charlie and Greg, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. I'm really excited to get the story here of Hershey's journey towards earning this award and Greg, how Sofian was a part of that. Charlie, let's start with you and just how did you decide to even go after this award as an organization? Yeah, it really was a situation where we thought we were having some success as an innovative company, specifically around product innovation. But it's always good to get that external perspective to know, are you really as good as you think you are or not? And more importantly, what could you learn and where could you get better? So we decided to go pursue this as a learning exercise. And if we won, also use it as a moment of inspiration for the company as well, which that proved to be. It really was was a galvanizing effort because we had a lot of people in the company involved as we really thought about what is our innovation process really from end to end as we prepared for submitting for this. And it really helped bring the team together as well. So it it both provided great external validation for what we're doing. It energized the team as well. And we're really building off the momentum from the success to really say, what more could we do now with innovation? Excellent. So it sounds like it was a really good tool for learning and improving the organization. I know PDA, the committee that helps with this, does provide feedback about what is submitted and comes and does an on-site assessment. And it really is meant to be a learning activity. I'm curious, have you recommended this to anyone, any of your colleagues that might work in other places? Yeah, I have. I think anyone, especially if you're at a stage where you're really looking at your sort of innovation operations now, it's a great way to do an assessment. It's a great way to document what you're doing because, and I'll tell, it's not for the faint of heart. This is not just a simple one or two page (laughs) process. You, There's a lot of things that you put in. There's a lot of feedback you get from PDMA. They do come do a site visit and it was... A full, it was actually, we met some the evening before and then a full day session that we pulled together. It is a lot of work that you put in, but the benefit that we've gotten out of it has been well worth the effort. Fantastic. Okay. So good merit in doing this activity, certainly a learning activity for the organization. And congratulations on winning the award. Thank you. We'd love to dive into the kind of the practices that really you believe help 
Hershey innovate so well? What was recognized for winning this award? Yeah, I think there were a couple things. One, everything for us starts with strategy. And I don't just mean innovation strategies. I mean corporate and total enterprise strategy. So we made a big point about sharing what our enterprise strategy was, and specifically then that the role that innovation plays in that, which is a very significant role from that standpoint, and that it it impacts the entire enterprise. I think from there, we really then started to highlight how we translate that strategy into the work that we do, the projects that we pursue, and then making sure that those projects were consistent with the strategy. And then also that what we were doing that within the strategy, we had very clear KPIs of what innovation had to deliver. And then basically how we set up a process and the tools that we put in place to manage and govern those so that we were hitting the goals that we were delivering. And then demonstrating as part of the award work that we were doing, that not only were the processes working, but we were meeting and beating those goals as of what we were doing. I think the other thing that tied in was we really emphasized how innovation isn't just like an R&D or an innovation group, how we bring in the entire organization and everybody that's involved in that to make it happen. And they all play a role, whether that's our supply chain partners, whether that's our sales partners, our marketing partners, our finance partners, really everybody contributes to what innovation is is at the Hershey company. Okay. So some really good sound bites in there for us to dig into more. Some good tips there. So everything is starting with organizational strategy. I've been in organizations where the people responsible for maybe the front end of innovation to run with things, or maybe even the product managers that are executing, they don't actually have a clear understanding of what the strategic objectives are. Uh, Not uncommon. How do you go about communicating that as an organization to help keep everyone on the same page? Yeah, it really starts at the highest level of the company that our CEO, Michelle Buck, and our executive committee members make a very concerted effort to share the enterprise strategy with every employee with the company from those at the highest level to those at the bottom in different ways and in different formats. So that by the time it gets to me and I go to my team, they've already heard it from my bosses. So my point is, okay, so what translated that into what that means to us? I'd say the The other thing that we do is then we make sure as we're looking at that all the projects that we're doing, how do they align to the strategy? And again, strategies are both, you don't want to pivot too much on your strategy, but you also need to evolve. And so I think one of the things, especially at the front end, we're having discussions all the time of either saying, hey, we're working on this area. Does it still fit? Where does it fit in the priorities of everything that we're doing? And if it's not a high priority, what else could we do with those resources? And then we pivot. But also at the same time at the front end, we need to be out there seeing around corners of what's coming next and then come back to the organization and say, hey, we may need to make a pivot in this particular strategy because of what we're seeing happen in the marketplace. So it's a two-way communication. Okay. So there's some room for the, this emergent opportunity, right? That If you guys are seeing something going and then maybe going back and looking, how does that fit into our existing strategies? Or do we actually need to work outside the box that something has happened in the business environment that causes us to rethink things a little bit? Yeah, and we're doing that from different parts of the companies all the time. So sales may be bringing something in from what they're seeing in retail. There's the whole macroeconomic environment. What are we seeing from competition? So it's a very um, it's a muscle that we have in the entire company, and we're one way that we can bring that in. Or it could just be saying, hey, we have priority one, two, and three two is looking bigger than one right now. It can also be a shift of emphasis within the priorities that we have. Do you have an example that you can share that 
that where you ran into that, maybe an observation of what's going on in the marketplace? Yeah, we were we were doing some work in some areas that were getting us into some different day parts of where we normally play today. So if you think about confe- a confection company, you're normally in the lunch to the afternoon, and there are some ways to extend our brand into the morning occasions. And what was interesting is we were getting some products into market and seeing that and having some initial success going from zero sales to like your first 10, 20 million or whatever that is. And then the question is, how can you scale that up further? And what we were seeing was what was going to have to be true to get to that greater levels of scale was going to be more difficult than what we thought at the beginning. And so we just came back to the organization with that transparency and said, we could go make this investment, but with what we understand about the strategies, we think it would be better to put these resources somewhere else. And it was actually interesting when we when it got to some of our senior executives, the meeting lasted all of 10 minutes and the decision was made because the data was so clear. Everything was so clear. Everybody understood with the strategies was. And so then we decided to, it wasn't stop the work, it was more pause the work and go put the resources somewhere else to when the opportunity was going to mm-hmm. be easier for us to execute. Yeah, when market conditions, and there's a, right. I mean, and timing makes a big difference for the work that we do. Absolutely. That's a very mature capability in an organization because there are organizations where the higher you get up in the organization, people have some investment into certain projects. And sometimes they just oh, get yeah. pushed through because there's other things on the line to do. And even when we have the market research that suggests that we should do that, give you kudos for having an organization that is able to take action on that market research for sure. Thank you. A question about that alignment to strategy. I want to go back to that. Is there a tool that you help like for the projects that you have in place now when strategy, because there's an overlap here, we have projects running all the time, top down, we have strategy being developed. Maybe I don't know if it's on an annual basis or quarterly basis for you. Is there a tool that you use to try to help and look at how those things are aligned like, for example, I've used the business model canvas or the, kind of the product version of the lean canvas, just some way to get everyone on the same page quickly to say, this is what this project is about. And how does that line up with our strategy? Yeah, not so much tools. I would say a lot of it comes down to organizational structure and where we put priorities. So like within the innovation team, if we have the total enterprise priorities, we then organize our teams and say which teams are working on which one of those priorities. And then you, so the plans keep getting more and more granular as you go down into the organization. So that's really probably where we're doing it from that standpoint. We have a very rigorous process of setting individual and team priorities and goals for the year. And it that, and it's an interesting process as well because you're sitting there saying, okay, well, here's my goal to achieve this priority, but I also need this help from these other people. So we'll do goal sharing meetings where we're making sure that, hey, this is a big priority for us and a big priority for you, your partners. And most of the time, we're pretty much aligned, but that's where you find around the edges and say, oh, you were need like supply chain may say, we need a lot of R&D resources to help bringing new capacity online or something like that. It's, oh, that's true, but this other part of the business needs a lot of R&D resources too. You find where those pinch points are, and then you can have the real discussions behind that to say, okay, where are we going to make decisions? and Or what, how, what are the problems we have to solve and how do we do that collectively to be able to do everything we need to do? That's a really good tip for just helping the organization stay on the same page and not yeah. help break down some of these silos that tend to form. Yeah. Is that something that's scheduled at a regular cadence or how do you put that in place? Yeah, it becomes a part of our sort of annual business operation process, whereas we get towards and, and coming back to the strategy. So we have a 10 year vision that sets big priorities. We then do strat planning that is looking out three to five years, and then you do your annual planning. So as the annual plan starts to come together before the year, just as that's getting 
getting finalized, then everybody sets their individual goals based off of that. And then that, so it happens at the end of the year. It actually then becomes part of performance management because those are the goals against that you're measured against at the end of the next year to say, how did you do? Yeah. So it is built into our people management and our goal setting processes for the company. Excellent. Okay, one more question for you. I want to pull Greg into how Sofian kind of helps with some of this, because we're talking about lots of process in place, and that just gets complicated, especially at scale, to keep track of. But you mentioned innovation isn't just an R&D function, right? It's not some group in the organization. I really want insights into this, right? Because we, when we went through the quality movement, this was quality is everyone's job. Yeah. And today we, we talk about that in terms of innovation, but it's really hard for companies to actually deliver on that. And sometimes they actually backfire badly when we yeah. ask employees for their ideas, and then we don't give them any feedback or anything like that. How do you guys accomplish that? How do you make innovation everyone's job? Yeah, I think for us, there's two definitions for innovation. There's the if you think about product innovations, the a that is a new product goes into market that you're selling to consumers that they see there's something tangible that comes out of that. It drives revenue growth. It drives margin growth. There's that innovation, which is what you think about from that standpoint. But then in the entire company, innovation is about problem solving. So no matter where you are, you could be in HR. And like right now, I would say our HR is having to innovate and everybody's have to innovate. What is this new working model that we're in? Are we remote? Are we hybrid? How do we do that? How do we keep the culture of the company that we have that's made us so strong while giving people the flexibility that remote working has enabled? So there's innovation there. So what I'd say is there's a sense of innovation that's in the entire company. And and they're also, we're a very collaborative culture to where at the end of the day, everybody is trying to drive toward one goal, which is to deliver, make the company successful at the end of the day. So there's less of a, there's less because of our culture, less of a of turf wars that kind of come up. And so people would say, hey, I've got a great idea for you in HR and people accept that and bring that in. So I think the culture makes that possible as well. And so we're the same thing on the product side. Believe me, we get a lot of ideas about, I got a great idea for a new candy for you. So we're pretty used to, to taking that input. You know, there's only so much you can do with peanut butter and chocolate, but I'm sold on those combinations. Keep them coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay, so the culture is certainly a big element of this, and not having the turf wars yeah. makes a big difference in the collaboration. Yeah. And I like how you phrase innovation for problem solving, right? I always think of innovation yeah. as creating new value for some yeah. customer. That customer can be internal, right? It's improving a process yes. we have and the like. Just one other question related to that. How do you go about equipping people for innovation? So the problem solving aspect probably may be just part of the culture that happens but on the product side, this involves some kind of skills, typically, where we get the insight from. Do you help equip people that want to contribute to this? Yeah, we, A, it starts with hiring people who have a passion for innovation, who have a curiosity to learn, who want to go create those new things. So you have people who naturally want to move into the space, makes a lot of sense. But then, yes, we put the systems, the tools, the training and space in place. So whether you're just starting off your career, we teach you how these things, everything from teaching about how to gain consumer insights, how to analyze the marketplace, how to see, I like to call it seeing around corners. You train from 
that standpoint, but then also train on honestly, then I have this great idea. How do I commercialize it? How do I get it through the organization? How do I take everybody's input? So there you have to understand, how do we go to market? How do you understand, you know, how, because most of our products, we don't sell direct to consumers. We sell through retailers. So you have to learn about the retailer landscape. What's important to a Dollar General versus a Walmart versus a Costco. So we have to do a lot of training around that. And then on the product development side, uh, in the R&D side, there's a lot of technical training. There's a lot of deep. It's really, honestly, on that, it's getting hands-on. Confection is a fascinating sort of technology because there's chemistry involved, there's physics involved, but there's also a little bit of magic, to be honest with you. And that's really getting in and understanding some of the deep things are happening. It's a specialized skill that people get specific training in. And so there's a lot of mentoring that we have to do internally to take the folks who have decades of experience and then give people that hand on experience, whether that's in a lab or in one of our facilities where we're actually making the products. That makes sense. There, there's science and art to this process. And, there absolutely and that requires is. some, yeah, some knowledge to gain hands-on experience. Okay. So we talked a lot about some processes that underline all this and interactions across the organization. Greg, to give us a little soundbite on what Sofian does, so that people are not familiar with the organization. And then how are you part of Hershey's success here with innovation? Yeah, thank you again for having on the show. And it's so great to listen to Charlie and hear someone in innovation really focus on, I love the, what he said also about problems and focusing on problems, because I think, unfortunately, so many of us that are in the innovation business think about innovation being about ideas and not about problems and the value that can be created from solving problems. And that's really where you unlock the magic of innovation. So kudos to, to Charlie. Sofian, uh, Sofian is a, a world leader in innovation management. We provide both software and services to help companies like Hershey's and some of our blue chip customers not only include Hershey, but of course include companies synonymous with innovation like 3M or BASF or Honeywell and many others in a wide variety of both physical and digital product industries. What we're really helping companies do is take that idea to commercialization process and make it a reality. And I had, I'm actually sitting here today in Hershey PA in meetings with Charlie and part of his team members. And as they said themselves, you know, what Sofian helps them do, one of the biggest benefits that we help is to make better decisions, right? And at the core of it, if you have a, if you can automate a process, if you can get efficiencies out of that innovation process, assign resources appropriately, make better bets, you can actually unlock better business decisions around your innovation investment. And that's the value proposition of what Sofian does. For years, we did it with one product, Accolade, which is a product that is used here at Hershey and is used worldwide by many organizations from companies as small as $250 million a year to multi-billion dollar multinational organizations. But over the last two years, we've also been innovating here at Sofian and we've added several new products to focus our footprint, serve our customers better, and service the market better as well. Excellent. Yeah, th thanks for the little background there. Either one of you that would like to respond to this, I'm wondering about an example of how this has been applied in Hershey. How does Hershey make better decisions because of this framework that helps out with that? First of all, it's, it, I love that we're able to work. I think this partnership is a great example, and thanks for having both a vendor and, and a customer on the, together, because I think it's these types of things that show people how they can work together to, to actually make better products. 
we talked this morning, for instance, on 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 the traditional gate decision making process and making better decisions at various gates and how those resources are applied and getting better feedback for better analysis of how to make those decisions at various gates. Um, and how to be a lot more efficient at that so that you're making better bets w- with your innovation. Accolade at its core started out by automating the gate process. And still many people today, it, whether they call it a gate or phase gate process or some type of decision, pro- everybody needs to go through a decision-making process to make those investments. And uh, there may be the traditional five gates or, or they may reduce it to two gates or have 10 gates or whatever it is, but you've got to have that risk mitigation process as well as resource allocation of various decisions that you're going to make. But within that, too, people are looking at how do I track that process and make sure that the tracking of the resources, the financials, or whatever it is, and what are the goals? Going back to what Charlie said originally, what's the strategy mm-hmm. we're trying to fo- focus on? At the end of the day, we have to look through that lens. You're not going to be able to scale that at a company of the size and stature and a portfolio of products like Hershey unless you're not going to do that with Excel spreadsheets. You can try, and many people do, and you may be able to do it with some homegrown products or, or even try to retrofit project management tools to be able to do it. But they're not purpose-built right. for innovation, and that, that really is the different element. I think that's what we've brought to Hershey is that, that idea of fo- a focus lens for a product innovation process. I'll let Charlie add his two cents to that. Yeah, no, I'd say the biggest thing that it has done for us is every, it helps us manage complexity. And every organization has their own level of complexity of what they're doing, but it's made us so, so much more efficient in the decision-making process because it captures, it is a way to capture all the data that's needed from various places within the organization and put it together all in one place so that as we're going through our product portfolio and there's hundreds of projects every year that we're going through, we can get through them efficiently. We can understand the trade-offs between them that are going through. And that's probably been, and it was interesting for us because we implemented it just as COVID was coming in, and it really made the transition from doing this in person to doing it completely virtual almost seamless because all the information and all the data was there. Now we're more back. It's a mix that we do now, but we're both in person and virtual when we're going through all of this, and the tool was just vital to do it. And I've lived through innovation doing it with Excel, and this is this is a godsend compared to that. Yeah, it's hard to keep everyone on the same page with Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie calls it complexity. We, we sometimes walk into various situations and call it chaos. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> chaos does exist, and innovation is constantly questioned in every company is, am I getting my value out of this? I know Charlie has a background in media, and that's also another area that customers want to know. Hey, I'm putting a lot of money into this. Am I getting my value out of this? And I think that's one of the things that Selfion helps companies and leaders like Charlie and organizations like Hershey with answering that question. What did we do? What resources did we apply? What capital did we apply? And are we getting the outcomes relative to our strategy for our innovation dollars? Because it's an area of high visibility and it's high importance. When you go to particularly public companies, you'll read about the importance of innovation for their product portfolio. And investors want to know, hey, okay, you, you invested in innovation. What was the payoff? Did it, did it change the market? Did you improve your competitive position? So it's a very visible part of any organization who wants to get growth and improve margins. 
And I love that takeaway that you, you shared, Charlie. Managing complexity, the biggest thing here, because the complexity <laughs> is part of the process at times, and we have uh, we need to get that managed for sure across the organization. I'm curious, Charlie, if there's a, just a brief example you could share of a Hershey innovation, right? Maybe something that happened in the last year. There was one I ca- caught the beginning of the story at the PDMA conference where you were awarded this. And I even forget the name of that product now, but I sure enjoyed it. It was new to me. It was, I think, really the big cups with the yummy bites inside of it. But do you have an example you can just share briefly with us? Yeah, there's one. A Hershey company, we got a big portfolio of brands. A lot of people don't realize our biggest brand is actually the Reese's brand. It's the number one brand in CMG. And actually, in all of snacking, it's the third biggest brand. It's only behind Doritos and Lay's from that standpoint. One of the things we're always trying to do, because it's like it's the perfect combination of chocolate and peanut butter, but there's so many different ways that you can experience that. And one of the innovations that we've been driving is this whole idea of of making the Reese's even more perfect by adding more things into it. This has been, and this kind of gets back to our innovation strategy. We really look for what we call platforms and this whole idea of ingredientated Reese's is one of them. So we put in pretzels, we put in potato chips, we put Reese's pieces, we went meta. It's Reese's with Reese's. Oh my gosh, from that standpoint. But what we shared, and this is another one, Reese's, we also do licensing. So there's Reese's Puff cereal. And so the latest innovation that we came out with was Reese's Cup with Reese's Puffs inside. Again, meta, oh my gosh, that sort of thing. But it was, there. you can't just, it's not just, oh, go to the line and dump the puff cereal in and it magically happens. There's a whole innovation process that was gone through to replicate the whole experience of eating Reese's Puff cereal, but putting that inside of an actual Reese's Cup and how you had to do that and the technology. Could you put it, which size cup do you put it in? How do you put it in? What's the right level? How do you maintain the crunchiness? when you're mixing it with the peanut butter that's inside the cup and everything along those lines. And it's just so much fun because when you just state the idea to anybody or consumer, they're like, yeah, I want that. But then how do you go through the whole process to make that? How do you, that adds complication in the manufacturing? How do you go through all that? So it's really rewarding. That's why we like when we do things, we love to hand out product because it's like, there's no better way to experience than to say, just try it mm-hmm. and have fun. And that that was one where going through the system and using Accolade to, to carry that and all of our projects going through has been a huge success. So we're just, it's in the market now. It's started, it's selling as we expect it to do. We just can't wait to see how big that product gets. The big cup is getting big for sure. Yes, it is. One thing that, one thing that stood out to me in the, in that presentation was just the level of market research that took place to understand what's the proper ratio of these things, right? The proper ratio of chocolate to peanut butter to puff cereal because all three are changing in this new product. And that struck me as, yeah, that actually does matter to me because I paid to, Reese's is my favorite treat. Probably one reason why I was so drawn to to you guys winning. Let's find out more about this. But since I was a little kid, I always loved the Reese's cups. I prefer mine to be frozen or refrigerated personally. But that was a lot of research just to discover customers' preferences for that mix, right? Yeah. No, it is. And what you say is it's the perfect combination. But what we find is some consumers love it more for the chocolate. Some love it more for the peanut butter. So that's why that becomes comes in an insight for innovation because very basically it's like the different sizes give you a different ratio between the chocolate and the peanut butter and so people have their preferences so you can go to we even have a half pound Reese's cup if you really want to get into it so we go that big all the way down to our minis or our thins I think that was one of the other projects we talked about was a Reese's thin which is I love Reese's but oh my gosh sometimes I don't want that much and so that was really a reduction in the size of it and it was funny even the, the marketing campaign was about, yeah, Reese's Thins. 
they get to your mouth faster. That was the insight behind it. So it's still about the enjoyment of the product while communicating this sort of this different way to go do it. So yeah, it that to me, from an innovation standpoint on a brand like that, you have so many possibilities and so many vectors you can go in because you just play around with those different parameters. You know, you can create great experiences that consumers love. Excellent. Thanks for sharing those examples with us. It would have been fun to be part of the market research, but I was glad to partake in the boxes of chocolate that you brought at the ceremony. As listeners know, we love a good innovation quote around here. Charlie, I asked you to share one with us. Can you do that and tell us what it means to you? Sure. And I got this from another colleague of mine many years ago, but it's, I reserve the right to be smarter tomorrow. I think many times you, like you said, Everybody, there can be a lot of passion behind a project. You're going for it and then this, but then you get information that says, you know what, we need to pivot. And I've been in organizations where they've struggled to pivot, even though the data tells them they shouldn't either pivot to something even better or say, we need to stop what we're doing. That's one of my favorite things is to come in and say, yesterday, I know I told you to go do this, but the world changed and now we need to go do this. And I I actually really learned it when I was working in media, because you think about how fast that changes. And I'm like, I was still working in media where TikTok showed up. And I was like, yeah, yesterday I was telling to put, oh, but we got to go figure out if this new thing's working. So yeah, that's what I was like. It really gives you permission to come in and say, hey, I reserve the right to be smarter tomorrow. I now have new information. So I'm going to tell you something different from what I told you yesterday. Don't be mad. Don't be upset. It's not because we don't know what we're doing. It's just that something changed. And now we're going to go this direction. And that's okay. That's right. Versus saying, oh, we were wrong. We made a mistake. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to be transparent, but it gives you that freedom. Yeah, it's the nature of innovation, right? And we need to remind people yes. this all the time. We are learning along the way. It is a learning process and uh, we're getting smarter along the way. We're recognizing that the changes do occur and we're learning from that. So I love that quote. Thank you so much. And thanks to the Hershey employee that yeah. shared that with you. I reserve the right to be smarter tomorrow. As a wrap-up, Greg, can you tell us how we can find out more about the work that you're doing there at Sofian and, and Sofian resources that are available for us? Sure. The best way is to come to our website, and that's at sopheon.com. And there's lots of ways. Every one of our products you can experience through a, a, self, a self-taught demo or actually a live freemium of some of our products. So every one of our products you can get access to. There's videos, there's blog content. I would also shamelessly pitch our own podcast done by our own chief evangelist, Paul Heller. Uh, and that is called Innovation Talks. And it is a great resource. Uh, there's no, no promotion of or its products in there. It's all about the nature of innovation. So it's another great resource in addition to ones like this that you can get a lot of great information from. So please come and, uh, and learn more about Sofion. Great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for the resources. Sofion.com and search for Innovation Talks on your podcast player. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Charlie, what do you want to leave us with? I think probably most listeners understand, have some familiarity with the Hershey brand, but any resources that you want to share with us? No, I think the biggest thing for us is just what we love doing every day is what we call creating moments of goodness. We have a broad portfolio of products when we do that in. Everybody knows and loves the confection brands that we do. We're actually now, and this is what we're talking about now, we're expanding into salty snacks. So we now own Skinny Pop. We now own Pirate's Booty. We own Dots Pretzels. That's a whole different innovation challenge for us that we're getting into. What I would say is just go out and enjoy the treats that we make. We 
we love sharing them with the world. I'd say the biggest benefit of working here is the stories that people tell of the memories that are created with our products. That's probably the biggest thing. And enjoy our products. And if you've got a great story, we love hearing about it as well because of what motiv- it's what motivates us and what we do every single day. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks for sharing the wisdom, too, and the insights from being part of the award, for the OCI award from PD May, and your journey towards that as a great innovating organization. The thing that stood out most to me is when you talk about the culture a little bit, right, that this is a very collaborative culture, and everyone's job is to see Hershey win. And I think that's a great perspective for any organization, and I hope listeners can put that into action well and have some impact on their culture. Greg, thank you as well for being with us. Appreciate you both here. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, as a reminder, if you want to find the resources that we talked about, that one-page guide to help you put into action some of the key takeaways that were shared today, as well as a written summary of everything we discussed, and it will include the links to Sofian and other resources too, simply go to productmasterynow.com slash 435. Everyone, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.